like an ASMR video if I'm like eating my chicken tender right near. <laughs> yes, I can very much hear the crunching of your chicken tender. It's pretty good. <laughs> Is it professional right. to be eating on a podcast, Justin? Well, I didn't get to eat before, so I was kind of eating while I was setting all the shit up in the closet because I had to like <laughs> fight my cat. Probably not. But I'm not gonna actually eat during. Okay, I'm about just, to say. Uh, but you need to add. You need to add that like like at the end, or, like the blooper section. Yeah. I'm like the ASMR. <laughs> yeah, at at the end in the bloopers, add the uh, chicken tender crunch, and there you go. There you go. And do you want me to just call you Serge, or do you want me to call you by your Uber the, name, Mr. Penis? Um, but you, either one. Both are valid. Either one. <laughs> either one. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Because I'm going to, I'm going to like do like a little clap in the mic or whatever. So then editing wise, I know exactly then where it technically starts. Yeah. All right. So then in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to. Hold on. Fuck. See, <laughs> it's a goddamn name thing. Like, every fucking time. Put the name in front of you, dude. I know it is. It's like, I, I don't know why I'm fucking, like, so nervous. But it's not I even... took public. I know. It's just you, too. I'm not even trying to impress you or anything. So I, I know, right? Know I mean, I'm just a playtester. Who are you trying to impress? Yeah. I'm like, but you're my number one playtester. All right, cool. All right. All right, let's try this again. All right, I'm going to do the clap again. <laughs> we, uh, you know, if nothing else, you have plenty of material for the blooper reel. Uh, I have a feeling this entire thing is going to be just one hour-long fucking blooper reel. Um, that's okay. That's fine. All right. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Nothing to Play podcast, a mediocre podcast about video games, movies, and Area 51. As always, I'm your host, Justin Time Carter, and as promised on last week's episode, I said we were going to get some guests and stuff on the show, and we actually have our first guest. We have Mr. Penis himself, Sir Jabbar, on the show. Hi, Justin. How's it going? Already, we're two fucking seconds in the podcast, and you're fucking crinkling shit in the no, microphone. No, it's just because I wanted to sit down more comfortably, but then there was like some stuff there, and I can move out of the way. Otherwise, I'm good. I'm clear. My space is good. I'm got good acoustics in this big ass room, so we're good. All right. So uh, why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I grew up playing all sorts of games, mostly uh, platformers. Although right now, I'm predominantly a fighting game player. Although since, you know, Negative Space is coming out, I saw it. I'm like, platformer, it looks difficult. Ooh, let me play this game. And then Justin was like, okay, you can't stop playing. I'm like, okay. And beyond that. Yeah. I was like, for those of you that don't know, Serge is my main playtester for Negative Space. And he often shows me what can and will break when playing the game and tries to find every fucking loophole that I either did not run into or was like an unforeseen thing and feels validated and pointing it out to me in the Discord. You know, I kind of wish you had kept that one issue in the sliding level where I could just like cheese it and get the... Uh, oh, I know. I, I took it out intentionally just because... I want. I like I that one. I didn't want you cheesing it. 
Hey, I kept some. I kept some yeah, you things did, you where you were like, if you, you're like, if you change that, I'm going to be so pissed, and I kept it in just for you. Yeah, so you did keep those, but I really like that one. The one you took out, I really liked, but I'll have to do it the regular way now. Um, so I also saw, you went to, didn't you go to some fighting game tournament Evo. recently? I went to Evo. Oh, it was actually Evo. It was Evo, and I entered Word. BB Tag, and out of 640 people, I got like 49th, so I was in the All top. Right. Wait. Yo, yo. So for our listeners and for me, because I don't know what the fuck that even oh, means. Oh, uh, tag <laughs> is Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. It's like okay, Blaze yeah. Blue. Okay, yeah, it's a super anime right. game. It's like an anime game but Marvel because it has assists and everything. So yeah, I've played some like Blaze Blue and like a I want to say was it Guilty Gear? Yeah, it's Guilty Gear One. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm surprised you didn't play. Uh, was it? Don't you play like Marvel vs. Capcom 3? Well, I te- okay, so technically speaking, BB Tag was the only main game, quote-unquote, that was at EVO. There were plenty of side tournaments. Of course, there was Marvel, which I did enter. But as far as the main games go, I entered... Uh, BB Tag was the only one. Although, yeah, next dude, year's I was, EVO. I want to enter more stuff. I was, I, was imp- I was, like, placing top 50s. I think that's impressive. I don't yeah. think I've I mean, placed technically top speaking, 50 in anything. It was more top 50, 64, because, like, a bunch of us tied for 49th place. So just the way the bracket works, like you have a ton of people who tie for the same place. But I mean, otherwise, yeah, it's a good placing. It's top 10 of all the players. So, but the plan is next time I go to Evo, I want to get at least top 32 or top 16. That's the plan. Did you, uh, did you meet Sonic Fox there? I didn't meet him, but I was right there in front of the, like I was in the crowd when he was doing top eight for Dragon Ball. So that crowd is always, yeah. I saw. Didn't didn't he win? Uh, he won like Mortal Kombat. He won, he won Mortal Kombat. But I mean, then, he it's Sonic Fox. He's always going to win Mortal Kombat. It's like his game. He's never going to lose that game. See, I didn't even know he played Mortal Kombat. I thought I knew he played Dragon Ball because that was like one of the big ones or whatever. That well, he came I up. He came up starting as an NRS player, so he played like Mortal Kombat and Justice games like that. And he branched out to a few games. He played Marvel Infinite for a little bit, and he destroyed us all in there. And then he moved to Dragon Ball, and now he's destroying everybody there. So it seems like whatever game he picks up, he's just good at. <laughs> he just invests that time. I had people um, when in high school or whatever, I took Japanese class, and there was this like one kid who was like a TA for Japanese class, mm-hmm. and every day he just sat in the back and on his Game Boy Advance he was playing uh, Street Fighter. Oh God! Who and like him, Boy? him and his friends, that's like the only games they would play. They'd just strictly play Street Fighter too. To be fair, I mean, obviously we're all. I mean, fighting game players are at the end of the day gamers still, so we do play a different number of games. But you know, when you're playing fighting games, you have to commit a lot of time to playing fighting games. Or you're just not gonna get good at them. So. Yeah, I I was like I also remember in uh in high school I ended up for Mario Kart on the Wii. I ended up joining a clan, and. I was like, oh, dude, I'm in a Mario Kart clan. I was like the worst person in my clan, but I was still like, yeah. And it would be like 10 at night, and they're like, we need to practice. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, it's like 10 here. I was like, and I have like school in the morning, and they're like, yeah, tough shit. So I'd be kinda... staying up to like two and just playing the same like fucking like 32 courses yeah. over and over again. I like got so sick of it. Like it was forever before I could play Mario Kart Wii again because I just got so burnt out on it. It's kind of the same way fighting games. You got to practice the same combos against the same characters. It actually kind of reminds me of how sometimes like when you're a tournament player is like you tell all your casual fans, oh yeah, I'm a tournament player. I went to Evo, yada, yada. And then, but the people who are actually part of the community know you went on too, dude. You didn't win a single game, but you tell your friends you're a tournament player anyway. Oh man. Um, so wait, where is Evo? Is it in California? It's in Vegas. 
Oh, Vegas. Yeah, so it's like crazy because we're not doing evil stuff. You're doing Vegas stuff, and I've there's plenty that went on at Evil this year. Some good, some ga- bad, but overall, Evil is just. I think Evil is more convention now these days. It's not as hardcore tournament focused as it was years ago. Mostly because I went esports a lot in a lot of ways, but otherwise, it's still a really good tournament to go to. Did you? Uh, how long? Like, is it like three days, four um, days? It's about three days. It's like I'd say. Friday and Saturday are like the main days. I think there might be some Thursday stuff. I'm not sure. But there's definitely Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday is usually the finals day. So unless you're winning top eight and playing on Sunday, you're really probably only playing in tournament Friday and Saturday. And then the rest of the time you're on Fremont Street getting shit-faced? Yeah, just kind of you're you're on the street. You know, you're on, you're you on know. the streets. <laughs> You're, you're, just, you're, you're going along the Vegas Strip, if you're, unless you care. Uh, for the people who wanted to, there was a Sunday pass where you actually got to sit in the stadium and watch the finals. Or there's a lot of people who stay in their hotel rooms or in their Airbnb, wherever they were, and they're watching it from there. Or people who didn't care about top eight. Because there's a lot of people whose opinion is, if I'm unless I'm in top eight, I don't care about top eight. And those people are the, probably the ones who are probably exploring Vegas on Sunday. But for me, I was one of the people who was like, okay, me and my friends are going to stay in our Airbnb, watch some top eight, play some games, and just hang out. Yeah, I think the um for like Magic the Gathering and stuff, I think their Grand Prix are in Vegas and stuff too, which is like one of those yeah. where I would never I would get my ass kicked if I <laughs> tried to enter cuz they're playing with like yeah, multiple like I think my most expensive deck is maybe like a couple hundred bucks and it's like for your standard modern deck is like Usually the cheapest is like fucking like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, see, I don't like play. See, card games I knew were a money game like years ago when like I know at the time Yu Gi Oh and Magic were the biggest as far as the money games. I know Magic was bigger than Yu Gi Oh even, but I was like, nope, I'm not paying well, this much to play a card game. Well, and it's like in terms of like cost wise, like Magic is like top yeah. of the not, spectrum, yeah, and then Yu Gi Oh, and then it's like Yu Gi Oh, and then like Pokemon, because like. Pokemon cards, like, I think some of them, besides, like, the old ones, in terms of, like, what's current and stuff, I think most of the cards cap out, I think, at anywhere between, like, like around, I think, like, 30 bucks. Yeah, it's not that Whereas, like, Magic, there's, like, lands that, like, you need four copies of, and the land itself is, like, fucking, like, $60. Yeah, see, I'm not, I'm not getting into that, see. Because my brother that used to my be, <laughs> my brother used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! competitively, and he would... He was one of those people who had like hustle people out of card. He's like, okay, well, let me put this booster pack in the freezer. And if it bends, there's a holographic in there. So I know to keep that one. And the ones that don't bend, those don't have anything good in them. So I'm just going to sell them off. Dude, that's next level. Yeah, I I mean, I went to like the back room at Toys R Us on like (laughs) Saturday mornings and like, you know, played with other kids and got diddled and stuff. But. Uh, yeah, nothing. I think I entered like one actual like tournament one time, and I I didn't make it like yeah. out of like the first round. The most competitive I got with the game was just that I like to have some of the cards, and me and my brother would play duels from time to time. But I never actually entered anything. I was I was, I was like the hundred percent casual. Dude, that's what was funny was like because I used to play like when I was younger, and then I kind of like fell out of it around like the time. Like, right before, like, 5Ds and stuff, like, the anime came out. Yeah. It was, like, when I fell out of it. And then I didn't, like, play anymore. And then when we were living at a house with a bunch of roommates, uh, I'd sit in the garage and smoke hookah. And, like, I had two decks, and I would just play by myself. And then one day Chris came in, and he's like, dude, what are you doing in here? And I was like, oh, I'm just smoking hookah playing Yu-Gi-Oh. And then 
he ended up building a deck, so then he'd sit in the garage with me and smoke who can play Yu-Gi-Oh! And then uh, I taught Megan how to play, and then she was like, well, I want my own deck. So then she, like, built her, like, fairy ice barrier deck and stuff, because she's like, I just want really pretty cards. So then she would play, and then, like, we started building a bunch. I got back into it, like, building a bunch of decks and stuff, and then Chris taught me magic, and then I, like, jumped ship to that. But then now I don't have anyone to play with, so I don't really play anymore. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the, sometimes with fighting games, like one of my favorite fighting games is PlayStation All-Stars, which is like the PlayStation Smash clone. One of my favorite fighting games, but no one really plays it. So it's like, well, I guess I'll just be good at this game by myself. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the words PlayStation All-Stars and favorite fighting game together <laughs> it's, in it's the same favorite, sentence. But it's one of my favorites. I think Marvel 3 is probably my favorite. BB Tag right behind it. And then probably PlayStation All-Stars third place. Dude, did you ever play... Uh... Clay Fighter. Oh my god. 63 and a third was my shit. I love 63 and a third. <laughs> Dude, that's like one of those like hidden like that and like Glover are like two of like the hidden like N64 gems. No, for me, of, like games the gems no one's were heard of. Clay Fighters, Clay Fighter 63 and a third. There was Mischief Makers, which was like amazing and no one played it. Yeah, see, I've never even heard yeah, of see, that. Yeah, see, Mischief one. Makers was great. Anyone who knows Mischief Makers knows that it's like a fantastic game, but just no one played it. <laughs> there's a few others like that that were just kind of low key and like like I never heard of that game oh try it it's amazing oh man and then for uh, those of you that don't know too I also brought Serge on because he also does Uber oh yeah and I figured Serge would also have uh, some good uh, Uber stories <sighs> or insights have... like like what's the most disgusting thing so besides like vomit or something that like someone's like left in your car during an Uber ride I haven't had any too crazy. Nothing crazy has happened yet. Nothing disgusting. Um, I've had a few, not horror stories in the sense that like, it was really, really bad, but just like I've dealt with some really uncomfortable people. Like the first Uber drive I ever did was, um, this is my favorite to tell because sometimes people in the Uber car will ask me, do you have any crazy stories? My favorite was the first drive I ever, ever did. And this is how it prepared me to be an Uber driver. So... Um, I picked up these two guys and they got in the back seat. The one who was sitting right behind me was like super drunk out of his mind. And the one who was sitting behind the passenger chair was kind of drunk, but he was more like on the tipsy side, still had a, could do a conversation, all that. And so we're driving and it's like a 20 minute drive to where I'm dropping them off. And 10 minutes in, so halfway through, I'm thinking, okay, because I was kind of nervous, like, oh, my first night Ubering, is this going to be okay? Is anyone going to throw up my car, yada, yada. But so far, the first drive is going pretty good. Like, okay, this isn't so bad. And suddenly the dude right behind me, the super drunk one, suddenly starts massaging my shoulders. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, how am I supposed to handle this professionally? Like, is this what I have to deal with from now on as I Uber drive? And, like, maybe, like, 30 seconds, I don't even remember how long it was, but at some point after he started massaging me, he puts his head, like, he leans forward into his chair, puts his mouth, like, right by my ear, and he keeps whispering thank you over and over again in my <laughs> ear. And I'm just like, God, what do I do? Thankfully, his friend was like, just let him drive, man. Just let him drive. You know, don't, you know, don't interrupt him. And and it wasn't like, like, it wasn't like no one was fighting in my car. No one was throwing up. But that was like, I think after that point, I've kind of just kind of numbed myself to every other drive I've ever done. Because like, that prepped me. I'm I'm good. You know, that was like, you know, I just started off strong. Went through one. I also had an old lady during one ride give a completely... Because she had seen this documentary about transgender people who were going through the, you know, reconstructive surgery. Yeah. And there was, she was talking about like when 
guys transition to getting a woman's body. And she was going into very explicit detail about what they do with a guy. And I'm like, I still own one of those. So if you could just like not talk about what they're doing to that, I'd be cool. You're just like slowly turning up the music in the I'm car. Like, like, and the thing is, it was, her, it was it was her and three other girls with her because it was three girls who were like in their mid-20s and their grandma. And they were all going clubbing. I don't know why grandma at her age was going clubbing, but it is what it is. And... So she's telling the story, and I'm uncomfortable, but the three girls are just dying of laughter. So they're all having a good time, but I'm just sitting there like, I don't want to hear this. This is bad. Otherwise, nothing too like, crazy. I actually had a lot of good rides. More than I've had more good rides than bad rides, actually. I mean, that's good. I was like, uh, when you mentioned the dude like touching your shoulders, that reminded me of uh, one year I went to, I think it was a U-Fest Oh, you're something like I was like watching like uh like Power Man five thousand or good something band. and there was this fucking like huge drunk Indian dude like behind <laughs> like behind me and my friends we were right at the rail yeah. and he was standing right behind me and I was pissed because I was like wearing this uh I had this uh Children of Bodom shirt that I got oh, when they like, came here good, one man. time and uh fucking the dude at one point just pay, like picks up the back of my shirt and wipes his face with it. Bruh. And he was so sweaty, and I, like, turned around, because I felt my shirt lift up, and I, like, turned around and realized he was wiping his face with the back of my shirt, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, he's like, I'm sorry, and he was shit-faced, and he's like, yeah, yeah man, I'm sorry, man, he's like, uh, and he's, like, hanging on to, like, my back and stuff, he's like, bro, you're the only thing holding me up right now, and I was like, dude, get the fuck Bruh. off me, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, dude, people in the pit are a different breed. Like, yeah, it'd be one thing, like, yeah, the, I'm, like, just standing there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, like, jumping up and down and stuff, but I'm, like, dude, you don't just randomly grab someone else's clothes yeah, and no. start fucking wiping your face off on him. I was, like, wipe your shit off on your own shirt. Like, what are you doing? I think the, cra- <laughs> the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in, in a pit is just getting knocked down in a mosh pit, but, like, even that's pretty standard fare in a mosh pit, you know? You're going to get knocked down at some point. Dude, uh, I ended up one year at Warp Tour. I ended up running into my cousin Travis, and uh, it was the, one of the years where uh, Kill Switch Engage was there. Good band. And they had like three different circle pits going on all at once, and then they like formed into just one giant <laughs> circle pit. And I guess uh, my cousin Travis uh, fell down, and I was like towards the back because I was like, dude, I don't want anywhere near yeah. whatever the fuck is going on right now. And him and like his two friends ended up coming out and I ended up seeing him and he ended up leaving his like nose was all bloody because I guess he like got elbowed in the face and fell down when they like merged into one giant pit see you it's funny enough because you're actually really safe when you fall because usually people will see you and like they'll just stop that's, that's oh what, yeah that's they'll happened pick to me. you up like yeah like most of like the like mosh pit like from everything I've seen, like, every, like, death metal show, like, whatever, I feel like everyone's always been super nice. And if, like, yeah. someone's fallen or, like, gotten yeah. into the circle pit and didn't want in, they've, like, helped yeah. them get out or pick them up. Or if someone lost their shoe or dropped something, they'll, like, yeah. snatch it real quick and yeah. get it back to them. Like, like mosh pit etiquette, I found, is definitely a thing. Like, there's those three big rules that I've seen for mosh pit is, one, if someone's fallen down, pick them up. Two, you never actually pull someone into a mosh pit. They have to come in on their own. And three, at least from the ones I've been to, is just you just never like throw up. Like you shove, use your shoulder, something like that, but you don't actually try to elbow or punch people. Like those are the three yeah. big rules that I've like seen being like enforced whenever it comes to a mosh pit. 
Yeah, I was like, I almost lost a shoe one time at a uh, Streetlight Manifesto Real Big Fish concert, good band. Good band. where like as soon as they came on, like everyone started like skanking and jumping everywhere, and I was wearing these like slip-on Vans, and like I felt my right shoe start to come off. It was like halfway off my foot, <laughs> and I'm trying to like readjust and get my foot back in the shoe, but everyone's like pushing me everywhere, and I couldn't like I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna lose my shoe, and then I'm never gonna see it again. <laughs> But I luckily think, I got it on like right at the last minute when there was like a break in the song and I was like, Oh thank God. <laughs> I think one time my brother had um his piercing got ripped out at a in a oh, flash. Oh, God So that was it. rough. But I've never had anything that bad. The probably the worst I've ever gotten injury wise was the time I got knocked down because um we were moshing and just running and shoving and all that and someone hit me like right in the ribs, like good hard hit and I was like and I hit me, I went down, I felt like six people like six different hands grabbed me and lift me up off the ground so i'm like okay cool i'm not on the ground anymore but now my ribs are like hurting so i like out of the mosh pit i go it was the last it was the last song of the night so i wasn't going to miss out too much but uh that was my first and only experience I've, I've been in a few mosh pits since i just haven't been knocked down since i've been more careful after that what would you say is the best concert you've ever been to oh that's not even a debate that's not even a question it was uh rise against in hawaii you went to Hawaii for <laughs> well, okay, so we didn't go there for them. It just so happened that my sister wanted to get to be there. My sister wanted to get married in Hawaii, so we went there for a week. And it just so happened that the night before we were scheduled to go back to Arizona, Rise Against was playing. But it wasn't a big like venue. Like you've been to Auction Pavilion, right? Yeah. How it's got like the pit and then the seats and the grassy area behind it, so it's a pretty big venue. Mm-hmm. Um this was like more like a bar style of venue. Yeah, so I've been at, like that's yeah. some of my favorite like vein. Like I've gone to like the marquee and like uh, the was, what is it like the red room and stuff. I like would that. say you know, the size was like maybe somewhere between. Have you been to Yucatan? No. Okay, so it's um. Okay, so I'd say it's probably like think of the marquee, but just a little bit smaller and with no like upstairs area. Okay, so it's kind of like that, and so I'd say there's maybe like maybe like anywhere from like. Uh, what was it? I want to say like 100 to 150 people in the crowd. There was no pit because the whole area is just a venue. Yeah. And yeah, those are my favorite. Where and, it's the, just... and so what made the what made the concert so good when it wasn't necessarily just that it was Rise Against. Those by two reasons. One's biased, one's not. The biased reason was that me and my brother had made like this big sign that said, we flew from Arizona to see Rise Against. And there was a period during one of the songs where it's like, you know, sometimes like a band will stop in the middle of the song and like chat with the crowd for a bit. Yeah, well, they set up for like the next song and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, well, no, 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 it wasn't even between songs. Like it was that. the middle of a song, and they're doing like a part where like just oh, playing, like, okay, like, like yeah, like where they like wait and then... yeah, like they wait and they like they'll talk to the band for or talk to the crowd for a bit, and the, yeah. he was doing that, and then me and my brother were holding up our sign like super high, and at one point he points at us and says, "You," he just read our sign basically back to us, and he was like, "You know, we're gonna be there like in a week or two, right? Like in Arizona," and we're like, <laughs> "We'll be there," and it was super cool. But that was, that's okay. So that's, and so him pointing us out was like the biased reason why it was good. But the unbiased reason why it was probably my favorite concert is because of the crowd. I love Arizona, but our crowds are kind of boring at concerts, especially in the pit. Cause a lot of them are just kind of like standing there listening, kind of swaying, not really getting energetic. But at that venue, like nobody was sitting still. Everybody was dancing along to the music, getting crazy, going hype. It was just, I, I think that crowd spoiled me for other crowds I've been to. Cause everywhere else, like, you guys are, and it usually bothers me the most at a concert when I'm in a pit and it's the last band playing. Because I get it if, like, you're waiting for the last band, like, maybe you came here. Like, let's say, I don't know. Like, the one I've been to, like, Disturbed was the last band. And I'm like, okay, they're playing, like, Avenged Sevenfold beforehand or they're playing, 
um, just some other band beforehand, whatever. And it's like, okay, I get it. If you're waiting for Disturbed and you're not super excited for the bands before and whatever, and you're not getting super crazy, you're saving your energy for Disturbed, I get it. But when it's the last band and you're still not like engaged or, you know, jumping around or whatever, it's like, why are you? You're like, why, why are you even there? Why are you here? Why are you, why are you in the pit? If you're not going to be, that's what the pit's for. If you're not going to be energetic, go to like the seats or like the lawn or wherever. But I don't know. I don't get it. I can't, maybe it's an Arizona thing. Maybe if I go to other states, it'll be crazier. I don't know. I just know that all the concerts I've been to outside of that Hawaii one are usually like boring with the crowd. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um, the my like one of my best ones I think I've ever been to was a uh, I went and saw uh, a day to remember was the headliner. That's good, That's good man. Along with uh, Bring Me the Horizon, oh, when and... they actually still did like screamo yeah. screamo vocals and stuff yeah. before like before the new stuff. All these like voice, yeah, before Ollie's voice was like completely destroyed and he couldn't well, do it anymore. One. He broke his own voice, so yeah, um, but. Uh, no, a day to remember it was crazy though. They like, uh, I mean, they were just good, but it was like how they like interacted with yeah. the crowd is what kind of made it. You know, like, actually they surprised had, me. Uh, what I was gonna say, you know, what? one one band that actually surprised me with how well they did as far as with the crowd was uh the band Sick Puppies, because they were. An, I've heard I've heard of Sick Puppies. They they were an opening band for it was it was at the Marquee. They were doing an opening for a few bands. Uh, I think Trapped was there. It was Red and Breaking Benjamin. That's what it was. The headliners were Red and Breaking Benjamin. And um, Sick Puppies was one of the openers. And I'm thinking, okay, Sick Puppies, they're a good band. They're solid. I don't see them ever starting like a mosh. I don't see them ever getting a crowd super crazy, but it's cool, whatever. The band was like, I'm surprised. Like, why are you guys getting so crazy? I mean, I like Sick Puppies, but I didn't expect it out of them. There was like a, a mini mosh pit going on. Everyone was jumping through all the songs. I'm like, what is this? What are you? Why, why, why sick puppies? Which I wasn't complaining because I loved being in that energy, but that was just one band that surprised me completely. Dude, that's funny. But, um, but yeah, I know when, uh, like they came out, like they had like rolls of, uh, it was at the marquee and they had like, uh, rolls of like toilet paper oh, God. and stuff. And like, so they were tossing it in the crowd and there's like <laughs> piping and shit on the roof of the marquee. So oh, people were like throwing the toilet, like streamer. It was like mm-hmm. streamered like yeah. everywhere. And then, um, what else were they doing? They had like they were just kind of like throwing stuff like out into the crowd. But then at one point, the best part was um, they told the entire crowd or whatever to like split into two sides. Oh, the wall death because it's all that one room. And uh, the lead singer during the song, uh, he was still singing and stuff, but he went like behind the curtain and stuff like backstage. And then when he came out, he was in one of those like giant inflatable hamster ball things. Aye. And he jumped like they the band members like threw him like into the crowd and everyone was playing volleyball on either oh. side while he's still singing and while they're still playing and he's like in the ball like running around on top of the crowd and stuff in circles. Dude, I get dizzy so fast. Yeah, dude, it was like insane. And then everyone like threw him like back on stage and stuff, <laughs> and then he like got out of the ball and stuff. But that was like the first time I'd ever like seen something like that. And I was like, dude, that was so nuts, like to do that. I mean, I've seen some singers do part of the show where they somehow appear in the crowd like suddenly oh okay like i've seen stuff like that but never a hamster ball never seen a giant you know thing like that yeah uh one year at a warp tour too inter shikari was playing and like the one dude uh like balances guitar on like its neck on his chin 
while they were like playing something like balanced it and then dropped it but it was still like the strap was still on his like back for the guitar so when he dropped it he like spun the guitar like around and then continued playing it like in right. one like smooth move and that was pretty slick <laughs> yeah i like anytime a band gets creative stuff like that it usually makes for a better show like i know some like what is it i think it's godsmack who the singer actually can play drums so sometimes they'll putting out a second pair of drums and have like a drum off so stuff like that's always pretty cool to see yeah, dude, at a, at a Mayhem Festival the one year, like, I think Behemoth or something was there, and, like, there was some chick who was, like, right in the front, and the dude had, like, the one, I think it was the lead singer, or someone in the band or whatever had this, like, uh, fucking, like, blood thing, like, rigged up uh-huh. on them that, like, shot blood all over her, and she was wearing, like, a, like, white tank top. Oof. And she was pissed because she yeah, had no well. idea. And she, like, left and looked like she came off of, like, fucking Carrie. <laughs> oh, God. <Yeah. laughs> so good. That's why you should wear dark clothes to concerts. Like, I'm not going to get anything. I'm going to get sweaty. I'm going to get covered in some shit, whatever. So I'm not going to well, get anything. That's... Yeah, my rule of thumb is, like, w- you wear something that you don't care if it gets destroyed. Yeah, that's usually why I do like, sometimes. Like, you don't wear your good clothes. You don't wear white. You don't wear because yeah. you're going to sweat. And people you are going to be touching you a might bunch get beer of sweaty bodies. Or whatever the case may be. Oh, yeah. I always walk away fucking sticky. And yeah. Sweat covered. Your shoes are at the bottom are all stuck with, like, beer and yeah. shit like that. And, oh, dude. That just reminds me. So one of my favorite parts of uh, one of the years when I went to Warped Tour was, I don't remember who was playing, but I was, like, in the middle of the crowd, and someone from the fucking front, like, just launched behind them this, like, entire gallon of water. Jesus. Like, with the cap off, and it was flying through the air. And I saw it coming, and I was like, yeah, no. And I took, like, a step to the right. And right as I did, there was some chick, like, dancing all crazy oh behind me. And it just pelted her Ooh. right in the head, and she went down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. And her boyfriend was like, oh, shit. And, like, <laughs> picked her up, and she was all like, whoa, whoa like, where am I? <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like, if it's, if it's like, already lost some of its water, the impact might not have been that bad. It might just from like, shock of something hitting her rather than actual, like, I oh, don't yeah. see a water yeah, bottle doing I mean, a water gallon like, that much damage. Warp, it like warped to her though. I'm like, do people fucking throw shit everywhere? So I was like, I'm like always looking in the air and stuff because I'm like, dude, people are like throwing. Yeah. Sometimes they're empty. Sometimes they're full. Like I was like, yeah, I don't want to fucking get hit in the face with anything like that. Yeah. Concerts are something else. I feel like we're going to end up spending this whole podcast just talking about concerts. <laughs> well, you know, I know we kind of... we. We kind of started. We started with video game stuff, and then we were talking about Uber. It's gonna all circle back around. Okay. Because I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. So, out of five stars, oh, like, what's your Uber rating? Uh, four point nine one. You know. Damn, dude, that's fucking good. I keep. I. I'm very proud. And plus, it's also because I've been to a number of. Um, I've taken Ubers myself. I'm not just a driver. I've ridden them, and some mm-hmm. like y'all are bad at this. Like. There was one ride where I was in it was, I was in Illinois for another tournament, and the dude on the f- dude driving was like on the phone for like half the drive. I'm like, one, that's not safe. Two, how are you navigating us? So I'm just like, you're like one yeah. star. And then there was one dude who's like his car was like super freaking dirty. It was like gross. Like there was trash in the back seat. Uh, just it, it, the car smelled bad. It was like man. So I was like, uh, um. There's a car wash, like maybe like two minutes from my house. And they have a thing where it's like pay thirty dollars a month, you get unlimited car washes. So I always get a car wash before I Uber. I have water bottles in my car. 
I have phone chargers for like different types of phones in my car if I need to. I'll take gum or mints, whatever it is that I need. So like I make sure that my car is good. It looks nice. It's not dirty. Like I've saved some people's lives because I'm like, do you need a phone charger? And like, oh my God, thank you. My phone's like at 1%. So it's like, that's probably why. Like automatic five stars yeah. right there, baby. And then there was one ride where some dude was like, dude, I really need to pee. So I just went and found like a dark spot where some trees are. I'm like, just go real quick. And then so it was like, okay, five stars. Cause <laughs> he so helped me pee. I try to be pretty cool and chill with like how I interact with my passengers. Cause some, many of them were just like, I just want to look at my phone and be quiet the whole time. I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. Some people want to talk a little more and that's like, okay, that's cool. I can do that too. I kind of have to view, I kind of have to vibe with every passenger and find out what it is that they want, what kind of ride they want, that sort of thing. And I've done maybe like a couple hundred rides. So I've gotten pretty good at identifying, okay, what kind of passenger am I dealing with? And just kind of going from there. That's cool. Was there like a uh, specific reason? Like why, like, why did you pick like Uber, like over Lyft? Um, do you do both? I've been or do doing you strictly do Uber. I just do Uber mostly because I know there's some people. Um, I know some people who do both, but I never understood it. Cause like I know that there's some people who do apps where it's like if you accept a ride from one, it'll disable from the other, whatever the case may be. But to me, it's like if I ever do that, because Uber has a thing where it tracks how many um, ride requests you accept or which ones you don't. So I feel like if I'm lifting and I'm getting Uber requests, that just means my accepted rating is going to go down for Uber. And if that happens, then Uber will be like, okay, you're not accepting rides. I'm not going to give you as many. But also I started Uber maybe like a few years ago. I think this is before Lyft had really, I think this is like when Uber was still like the big one and Lyft hadn't really taken off yet. So yeah. that just started then. Um, beyond that, it's not really a particular reason. I just, I haven't really found a reason to use Lyft since I'm Ubering and Ubering seems to work just fine. You know, I get rides, I, you know, make food deliveries, I do all stuff. So never really felt a big reason like- to switch. Is like the rates and do you know if like the rates and stuff between the two are pretty much like identical then in terms of like I I don't on know for sure of like what you get I don't know for sure but I'd imagine like um I know Lyft has a few things where it's like okay you know after you do your first certain number of drives you get a bonus that type of thing and this and that and Uber's done stuff like mm-hmm. that in the past before like Uber recently did a thing where it's like if you do fifty rides in like this month gap or so like in this one month if you do 50 rides you're guaranteed 500 because like let's say i did 50 rides and i earned like 350 from those 50 rides uber would pay me an extra 150 so like they'll do stuff like that I from mean, time that's pretty time nice they do stuff like that from time to time or like they do a quest where it's like oh well if you do if you do a ride in like central phoenix like in downtown phoenix if you do a ride there we'll give you an extra like two bucks and every time you do a downtown ride we'll give you an extra two bucks so do stuff like that from time to time um, so I know Uber has those things. I don't know what Lyft does. I don't know anything about Lyft other than just another rideshare thing. So, do you get do you get more when it's like during like surge pricing and uh, stuff like that? Yeah, but they they kind of changed. As far as I'm aware, they kind of changed how it works. Because before it would be like the surge was like a multiplier, like oh, well, it's like three times the rate here or this and that. But it seems like recently what they've done in the surge quote unquote areas is that they they start you with a higher like fee like you're guaranteed five you get it's a five dollar start of the drive versus just like how much you make the normal rate it's like we're gonna add an extra five dollars if you start in this area but of course the way surges work you never want to actually like if you see a surge don't ever drive towards it because usually by the time you get there the uber drivers who are already in that area have taken all the drives so like you might as well just like stay where you are and hope that you uh, hope that a surge the only time you ever want to do that is when it's an area 
you know it's going to be busy, so you go there advanced. Like, for example, Mill Ave, it's always busy. Yeah. So I always go there, and that's usually where the fun rides are, but also to be wary because also where the drunk people are going to be, so you never know. Well, yeah, it's like 2 a.m. on Mill Ave. Like, you're going to have... Oh God! I've had some bunch of um, drunk people walking around. It's um, I've had that's usually where most of my throw up scares happen, but I haven't, haven't had one in a while, so I'm like, okay, thank you. Just you're like, please just roll down the window. Yeah, just I'd rather you throw up on my car than in it, because otherwise, if you throw up, I mean, if you throw up on or in my car, either way, I have to stop for the night, which sucks. But at least if you throw up on my car, I can let it sit there overnight and go to a car wash next day. And it's not sitting in my car and stinking it up and all that stuff, so. Yeah, hit it with the hose where you don't have to sit there and, like, try and, like, shampoo, carpet, yeah, and yeah, stuff I'll, like that. I'd rather go home and, like, just take the hose and rinse it off and then go to a proper car wash the next day and really get it out over trying to clean it out of my seat. Because then it stinks it up, it costs way more to clean out, yada, yada, yada. I getcha. So, have you, have you been playing, like, besides, like, um, I know with your, like, practicing for fighting game tournaments have you been playing like any uh like cool new games recently or anything um there was one it's more that i'm the type of person where i'd rather than play a good number of games i'd rather pick like one or two games and play them a lot because i'm mm-hmm. like you see either, either it's a completionist thing or it's just that i like to do a lot of stuff um right now because if because evo is coming i've spent a lot of time like the month or two before evo practicing a lot so i didn't play a lot of new games as far as that goes and now that Evo's over, I can kind of take a slight break, which is good because I know um, the Zelda Link's Awakening remake is coming out soon, so I'll be all over that. Yes, it is. Um, I'm saving up vacation time right now at work, so that way when FS7 Remake comes out, I'm taking a week off to play that. I'm <laughs> going to... I'm just, it's very rare that I'll take off time work to play a game, but the two that I'm going to do that for right now is FS7 Remake and Breath of the Wild 2. Because when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, I'm just not going to want to stop playing it. I can already tell. So it's like, you know, just call off work for about a week or so, grind it out. Since it's a new game, I'll probably get a bunch of viewers on Twitch. That'll be cool. And yeah, but otherwise, I'm again, I there's more that there's a bunch of games that came out a while back that they're kind of re-releasing or whatever the case. Like I know the maybe like a month or two, maybe a little longer ago that the Ace, uh, Ace Attorney Trilogy came out. Um, I played a little bit of the first one and I liked it. So I'm probably going to go back and replay it now that's been ported i know there's the rumors that the metroid prime trilogy was coming to the switch i don't remember if that was confirmed or not if it is then i'm definitely playing that so wait you have a switch i have a switch why aren't we friends i I don't know i just because i I basically don't use it i have i've used it for odyssey i've used it for a little bit of smash and i might get i did get mario maker recently i did buy super mario maker 2 um you did, and the only problem is, is that I didn't. Um, when I, okay, when I first bought it, I bought it because I was gonna stream it. But this was before I had like this fancy mic right now, and so my laptop mic was actually picking up my fan because my fan was getting really loud because it was it's a gaming laptop. It gets loud, and so the people on the stream were like, "I can barely hear you or the game. I'm only hearing the fan." So I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> wait till I get a new thing." And by the time my mic actually got here, it's like I just haven't gotten around to playing it again. So. I'm going to get back into it now that Evo's over and I can relax and play some more non-fighting games for now. I'm going to play some Mario Maker. I like you better. I was like, I've been playing, I mean, I've been playing a a lot of Fire Emblem right now, the new one, Mm -hmm. which has been really good. Uh, But I've also been playing Mario Maker 
two yeah. as well. And yeah. I've made some levels. I was like, you can play. Yeah, I, I saw like, that. Right. You, made the, you made those three levels, right? Yeah, the snow problems. Yeah. Um, and apparently Matt fucking hated, I don't know if it was my first or my second one, because Matt hasn't liked a single one of my levels. And uh, just, when I was talking with PJ today, because PJ like, had played them or whatever, and like, the first one he commented that it was hard. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he said that Matt straight up, like, booed or whatever my level and i was like that motherfucker so matt if you're listening to this you're a fucking prick and i hope you make a level and i'm gonna play the first two seconds of it and i'm gonna boo that shit right to the bottom it, it could just be that matt's not good and that's you know that's fair not everyone's good at platformers platformers can be pretty hard of a genre i know i was like probably gonna fucking he's gonna be that like one asshole when negative space comes out that's gonna like put like point like two hours into the game and dislike it and you're gonna yeah. be like it's so fucking hard no i'm gonna definitely put um by the way quick question this is a plug for me i'm getting a copy of the game right well yeah okay cool. i mean you i mean you're gonna I mean, get a like, copy you give me a copy I, and i will promote it i will stream it i'll put it on twitter like check this out guys just give me a copy and i'm good well yeah you're not only getting i mean your name's in the credits yeah, that's, that's for the game cool. as it that's is cool. yeah I was like, and plus, by the time you do get a copy, you're going to be so fucking sick of playing Hell it anyway. Hell yeah, dude. No, no, dude, <laughs> dude, dude. That's the thing. Okay, like, I went back and recently played, like, Super Meat Boy again. And every year, I go back and play DKC2 again. Like, platformers like that. Like, I could play the same game over and over again. It's like, I just like platformers. Like, I could play DKC2 till the end of time. I love that game. I mean, that is Cut true. That I did go back not that long ago on the PS4 and uh, play Super Meat Boy. Yeah. I only got, like, I think halfway through. But I was like, man, I, I was like, I still love this game. I actually went back and also, I just remembered maybe like about a month or so ago, I went back and played uh, Cuphead. And I'm like, okay, I could play Cuphead also for a very, very long time and not get sick of it. See, I still need to beat Cuphead. Oh, I, uh, so I, I own like... it. I just, I, I played it with Matt when it first came out and yeah. like we got our asses kicked on a lot of the uh, like the co-op. Yeah. Uh, like get to the end of the level levels, but... I think the last but, boss um, took me like two hours, I want to say. Damn. Something like that. I just remember it took me a long time. And I was like, it was like, I felt myself getting frustrated. But I was like, just stay calm, Surge. You've played, you've beaten harder stuff than this boss. Like, don't even stress about it. You've done harder stuff. You've played, you've beaten it. Okay, so my thing is I like to play games on the hardest difficulties at some point. Like, um, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 1, I beat on Veteran. I've beaten most of the God of War games on hardest difficulty. I've beaten the 3D Ninja Gaiden games on their hardest difficulties. The Uncharted games have uh. beaten the hardest difficulties. Like hard games, I like. So Cuphead, I'm like, this is no big deal. You've literally done harder stuff than this. Like, don't even stress. And so two hours later, I'm like, okay, fine, I beat it. I knew I was gonna beat it. Whatever. Dude, I was like, I used to love uh, Ninja Gaiden two on yeah. the Xbox 360. Oh, I love I that game. I remember one time at like a at a party, I got super shit faced and tried to do a uh, boss rush mode. Oh man, you're and I destroyed. made it like all the way to the final boss, and I just could not do it. <laughs> yeah, that last boss can be kind of rough. Uh, I know for it's me, it's like fucking huge, and you have yeah. to like work your way like up it. And yeah, stuff, you have to work your way up, like, and then fucking annoying. I know there was um, the hardest part of that game was the fact that everything killed you off screen. Like you're fighting your boss, and suddenly an explosive Shoryuken or explosive like rockets or something comes at you from off screen, just destroys you. I'm like, man. This game's unfair, but whatever. I'm going to beat it anyway. Dude, do you play uh, the Devil May Cry series? Uh, yes, I just played three 
and four, maybe a few months. I'm like, I'm maybe a few months before five came out, and then I played five. <gasps> What'd you think of five? It's the best Devil May Cry game. Like three was the best yes. for a long time, and then five came out. And it's like, no, you're you're just not. It's it's not even just one of the best Devil May Cry games. It's probably one of the best like character action games like ever. Oh, I was look. like, I could not agree more. Like. Like, 3 was, like, at the top for me for, like, a long time. Yeah. And I have, like, even though I know, like, it had its issues and stuff, I still really liked 4. Yeah, 4 was really like, I like just, like, cheesing enemies with Nero, yeah. just devil brick grabbing him, yeah. just keep slamming him, picking him up, and staying in the air and just slamming him. Not even him, just that, him. but, like, I didn't realize it at first, but when you get the pistol, like, fully charged upgrade, that thing just destroys characters and bosses. Like, that pistol was overpowered and then they give you back to you like in five to a degree it's not the, quite the same sounds overpowered but in five they do kind of give it to you back and it's like jesus you're just it's everything's just free at that point dude yeah in five i was like uh like once you're like playing as like dante and stuff i'm like oh man i'm like i can't believe you have all these weapons and then they give you a new one and i'm like, new what? like and then they give you a new one and i'm like what and i'm like <laughs> how many more are like he has like 12 weapons something like, like how that. many more and then, are they and, then, then and then i don't want to give away any spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it but when it's like you get that thing and it's like suddenly dante is like super overpowered it's like oh my god this is like this it, it, it feels like for me in games like that there are times where I kind of want to feel like an overpowered, like just super character. And that thing that Dante gets, like he's super powered over character, like super overpowered character. Ooh, that's why I, uh, I also really like, which I haven't had the chance to really get to go back and play it. Cause I played it before on like normal or whatever. And I do want to go back and play it on demon hunter mode mm-hmm. or whatever. But, um, I like the fact that they added like a kind of new game plus like it's new game plus but it's not only like yeah it carries over your for your different abilities and stuff it carries over everything you've invested into it to that point yeah but for like nero and stuff they gave him those extra things for yeah, new game did. plus that carry over that basically kind of changes how you can play as nero like right at the beginning yeah. of the game so i'm like dude that's like really smart because like it, like i don't usually play like a lot of stuff as like new game plus and stuff yeah. a lot but that's like something that i'm like that's like enough incentive for me to really want to check out new game plus because that kind of changes your gameplay style like right out the gate it does because it feels like with okay so dmc4 nero and dmc5 nero at least in your first playthroughs kind of play differently but it feels like with new game plus and dmc5 they brought back some of the dmc4 nero stuff and i thought that was kind of cool to use some of that stuff now in dmc5's like engine and like the way you fight Dude, I also uh, lost my shit uh, in DMC five when the during that uh, where they I, I was like I don't care I'll kind of fuck it where the devil make it made a reference to Devil May Cry three in one of the boss fights yeah they did. and then you get you get the weapon and I was like dude that's so badass they, they, like, they straight up like oh, it's Devil May Cry three all over again yeah I was like super stoked so I thought they did a really good like. Uh, the only like issue, I mean, I didn't even really have any issues with the game. Really, the only kind of issue I had was there was a like one part in it where it's like the, I think if you're like inside, you're like doing like a lot of vertical platforming yeah. and stuff like that. And but I mean, vertical platforming's always kind of been an issue in the Devil May Cry series, yeah, so I didn't like really that, knock like, it. Off. Like games like Devil May Cry, God of War, Ninja Gaiden, like games like those don't really lend themselves well to vertical like movement. 
yeah, like the camera's like always at like a weird kind of Resident Evil angle, and you think you, yeah, dude, just like fucking Kingdom Hearts one. Oh, Allison don't, oh, will, no, the, that, the, the platforming Alice, in that is Al- no, it's not good. Yeah, the Alice in Wonderland area, I got oh, so pissed off so many times, like thinking that I made the jump onto this mushroom and then falling to the fucking bottom. No. I was like, God damn it. To me, the worst levels in that game were probably the Wonderland level, Monstro, and Agrabah wasn't too bad. Agrabah had some spots that sucked, wasn't too bad. Um, Hollow Bastion was whack. Um, I mean, I like the game as a whole. I don't think it holds up, especially compared to what you have like newer games can do. Like Kingdom Hearts 2 is still like phenomenal, but Probably because it gives you more um, platforming options too. Because Kingdom Hearts really only one only gives you like a high jump and a glide, like that's it. But Kingdom Hearts two gives uh, you like it, a double jump, a glide, high jump. There's like other options to move, so it's like. I just is love- Kingdom Hearts two the is Kingdom Hearts two the one two that they uh, they took out the gummy ship? They didn't take out the gummy ship. They made it better. Okay, yeah, because I remember in one like. I'm like, yeah, the novelty of this is wearing off real yeah. quick. Like, it, like the, <laughs> the, the, the gummy sections in KH1 suck. KH2 is way better. And I was actually thinking, okay, in KH3, are they somehow going to make it even better? And I think in a – it's like – okay, so the jump between KH1 and KH2's gummies was massive. I'd say KH3 was an upgrade, but it wasn't as big an upgrade as it was between 1 and 2. Between 2 and 3, it's not as big an upgrade, but it's still an upgrade, and I think it's actually more fun. See, and, like, I only ever played Kingdom... Like, I played Kingdom Hearts 1. I, I never beat 2. Like, I played it a little bit. Um, but, like, like Megan loves them, but it's funny. She loves them, but she never beats them. Like, she was playing 2 right before 3 came out. And I think she got, like, halfway through it and stopped. And then when she was playing 3, she ended up stopping, like, right when she got to the, uh, the Frozen world. To be fair, the Frozen world... It felt like it went on way longer than it should have. I'm like, when is this? I felt I put like, because most Kingdom Hearts levels, if you know what you're doing, you can finish like maybe in like, or if you don't know what you're doing, like it's your first time playing a level, it might take you about, I don't know, two ish hours to beat, right? Two, maybe three if it's a long level, right? Me with Kingdom Hearts experience, like I knew what I was doing, it took me like four hours, maybe a little longer to beat that level. It just kept going and going. It didn't help that because of the nature of the level, like traversing is kind of slow in some areas. But man, that level went yeah, on. Yeah, that was so like kind of like that's kind of my thing because like in Kingdom Hearts, there's not like really like a lot of especially like in like I know for sure like one and stuff. There's not really like a lot of strategy per se or whatever to it. It's just kind of like beating hordes of the little heartless. Heart, are they heart? Okay, they are heartless. I was like, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had the lingo right yeah, just beating like the waves of heartless yeah. until like i mean most some of the boss fights you know have like more strategy kind yeah. of to it but just the general random spawn enemy encounters and stuff it's more just kind of like mash x donald's yeah. not gonna heal you fuck donald like, in part one <laughs> what's actually funny is that cage cage two is not only more spammy with mashing but it's even more because the magic in cage two is broken just use thunder and reflect and like you don't ever need to do anything thunder and reflect like break that game and I know Magnet to a degree too. Like Magnet, Thunder, and Reflect, like those are your three spells. You don't need anything else. And just smash X when you don't have magic. Now the real question is, do you like understand the Kingdom Hearts storyline? You know like, what? The all? thing is, I think the Kingdom Hearts story being 
confusing is more a meme at this point. Because if you actually, I think part of what makes it confusing is that there was a huge gap between all the games. Like, because you, you have to make one, then you have to make two, and then you have to make all the spinoffs. And it didn't help that they were all on different consoles. So if you didn't have a different console, you had to, like, watch a Let's Play or read a synopsis or whatever the case may be. But I think now that they're all on one console, because you can buy all of them on PS4 right now. I think if you play yeah. them all back to back in, like, the order that they were, like, if you... Some people say play it in chronological order. I'm saying play it in original order because it does keep some of, like, the plot points, like... Um, like, some things will surprise you the way they should. Some things will be introduced and under, understood the way you should. But I think if you actually just watch and pay attention, it's not that confusing. There's only like one game that I think is confusing. That's the Dream Drop Distance. That's the only game where you might get confused. Because that's where they really start introducing like some like crazy BS. But otherwise, I do understand the, the story. Th- I don't think it's that complicated if you pay attention. Was that was Dream Drop Distance the one on 3DS? Yes. Or no, was that, was that Birth by Sleep? Birth by Sleep was originally on PSP. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the PSP one. I was like, I lose track, and then you get into the REX 2.0 yeah. Knuckles remix. <laughs> yeah, it, it does get confusing, especially when they do stuff like that. But otherwise, it's like, like I said, if you pay attention, it's honestly not that confusing. It's just I think the fact that it's gone on for so long has made it into a meme, I think. Yeah, I mean, I get like the underlying like plot of it and stuff. It's more just kind of like in the finer details yeah. of like yeah. who people are and like, what they like represent and like yeah. their storylines and stuff. I think like it's like this character Sora. This is Sora. This is also Sora, but not Sora. And this is another form of Sora. And it's like like it sounds like when you could explain it that way, it's confusing. But if you've been paying attention to the games as things go, then I think it's actually more confusing when someone tries to explain it than if you just play the game yourself. Yeah, like I anytime like because it's like I loosely get it, but then it's like when I see like someone who kind of like also understands the storyline explaining it to someone who doesn't understand the storyline i imagine kind of what it sounds like if you were to like to be like all right i'm gonna explain uh dragon ball z from the saiyan saga to the boo saga to you you never watching an episode of dragon ball z yeah. and then be like what the fuck are you even talking about right now <laughs> so it's like it'd be like in dragon ball it's like, okay this is a super saiyan this is super saiyan 2 which is like an upgraded saiyan and this is like ultra instinct and it's like it only happens when you like Get, it's, it only happened because Goku got hit with the spirit bomb. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you're like, and then he died, and then he came back, and then he died, and then he came back to Earth, but he's technically still dead? Yeah, and so then- like, <laughs> any show can be confusing to explain if you explain it the wrong way. I think the, the problem is because there's so much story in Kingdom Hearts that if you try to condense it, it just inherently is going to become confusing. Like, it's not confusing yeah. if you actually play the games and pay attention. They, they do introduce a lot of information, but it's over. It's a slow process. They do it. So you have time to process it and understand it. So if you just play the games, you're going to get it. And pay attention, of course. You know. Dude, what I, what I really wish... and what, Have you ever played uh, Beautiful Joe? I did not. What? I know. It's one of those games I just never dude. got onto playing. I know of these. It's so serious, like, but I just never played it. Yeah, I know. I need them to make like a HD remix or like remake or something of it just so people can buy it and show that, you know, they're like people will still buy it so that they'll make like a legit beautiful Joe 3. Yeah. Because it's so good and it makes me sad that it doesn't get the love that it gets. That was me with another game. And with Capcom on the up and up, I'm like, come on, Capcom. I'm like, you've like revitalized Resident Evil. You've like, I'm like, 
if there's one franchise I want you to save next, I want it to be Beautiful Joe. Capcom, if you're listening to me at all for any good reason, just give me Marvel vs. Capcom 4. Please, just do it. And don't do what you did to Infinite, because I like Infinite, but it doesn't have the same magic or, in my opinion, the same heart that Marvel 3 had. Because Marvel 3, like to this day, graphically holds up. Audio-wise, it holds up. Gameplay-wise, it holds up. There's a few things that people can complain about, but those are balanced things that could have been addressed if they wanted to. Um, Infinite, it wasn't the same. So just give me Marvel 4, please, if you're hearing this. Thanks. Yeah, and Nintendo, if you're listening to, every year at E3, I pray for Wario Land 5. And I don't count Shake It as a <laughs> fifth copy. Even though it's technically the fifth game in the franchise, it doesn't have number five in the title, so I don't legitimately just, count it as number five. Give me a Banjo-Kazooie remake or HD port. Give me a Thousand-Year Door port. Just give me give me the games that you know I want. Dude, that's a, like a legit Paper Mario. Like, a good art. That's my thing, and that's kind of... Me and Matt talked about this before, and I kind of think he was right in the sense that... Um, I think the reason why they kind of changed the formula of Paper Mario away from like the RPG thing that it was is because of the Mario and Luigi games. Which is fine, but let's li- but Which leave I- those for that, you know? That's what I'm like, have two. Like, I don't yeah. care. And the thing is, like, like, Super Paper Mario, I actually really liked. I really liked Super Paper Mario. I like Thousand Year Doors turn-based traditional RPG system, but I also like Super Paper Mario. See, for me, it's such a, like, when Super Paper Mario came out, I mean, to me, it was, like, okay. I missed the partners, but I didn't, let's say, mind, like, the real-time, like, gameplay and stuff like that. Um, When it comes to the Paper Mario games, though, I'm, like, like, weird because it's, like, like, between, like, the original and then for N64 and for Thousand Year Door, I, like, I love the bosses in the original more than I love the bosses in thousand year door. And then partner wise, I like half of the partners in the original and then like half of them in thousand year door. Like, yeah, like I don't like in thousand year door. I don't really care for flurry. Um, I like coops. Coops is great. Uh, the Bob bomb, the captain Bob bomb dude is cool. Yeah. Uh, the mouth, the mousette, I think her name is the Something mouse like thief. That. that it's like the optional partner that you can like get yeah. like towards the end of the game. I really like her. And then like, and I know he's not an actual official partner, but Flavio is definitely one of the better parts of Thousand Year Door. That is true, and I like, um, like I liked the lack of two and stuff in the original. Like, like the the goom like the Goomba and like Koopa partners in the original like weren't. Like, I mean, they were okay. It's just they didn't really have, like, any super personality yeah. or like, anything. I think the Thousand-Year Door ones, their, like, backstory and stuff, yeah. they gave them a little more, like, personality. And, like, having, like, Coops, like, I think it was his dad or something, like, yeah. dead in the dungeon and stuff like that was, like, sad. And then Goombella, she's, like, with you the whole game, so she gets a little bit of development here and there for that reason. It's, like, Goombella yeah. is definitely one of my favorite partners. Overall... Overall, more like her character design's a lot more interesting to look at than just putting a hat, a blue hat, on a Goomba and calling yeah. it a day. But it's like, like when I think of like the bosses and stuff, though, it's like in the original Paper Mario, it's like you got like the invincible Tubba Blubba, and you have um, 
God damn. I mean, you have, like, the piranha plants on, like, the Yoshi Island and stuff, which is cool. And... What's actually interesting is that between all the games, I actually really like Super Paper Mario's plot the most. Oh, the plot for Super Paper Mario? I really like that one the most, actually. I mean, yeah, I can see that. Like, I mean, the fir- like, the like, first one doesn't really... Well, the first one doesn't have a Super... It's I think... Yeah, I want to say Super... I feel like the original Paper Mario was like your standard Mario game, but made into like that format of gameplay, you know? Thousand Year Doors, where it really started yeah. to be like its own like thing. Yeah, where they kind of, they expanded on like the paper mechanics yeah. and stuff and kind of opened the world to like, oh, well, you can't go here until you can turn sideways. And then like they added like more badges and more kind of like little extra stuff for you to like run around and do. I don't know. There's just something about the way that I think it's because I feel like Super Paper Mario was a little bit more like plot because I feel like where Thousand Year Doors shined was the gameplay, and Super Paper Mario didn't have as like the gameplay wasn't as solid. It was still good, just not as good as Thousand Year Door. It just had a better plot, at least to me. Yeah. Did you ever play uh, Sticker Star on the 3DS? I played it a little bit, and I wasn't as big on it. I didn't yeah. even finish it. Cause I'm I like, mean, everyone. See, because it was a paper mar oh paper was it paper star paper jam sticker star sticker star yeah sticker star there we go I was like paper jam was the Mario and Luigi paper jam with yeah. pa- which is the only Mario and Luigi game I never beat because I don't know why I think it's just because it kind of came out towards the end of the life cycle of the 3ds and I it just wasn't that great which made me sad right because like I love Superstar Saga that's still Superstar Saga and like Inside Story are like the two yeah bet and then i saw someone on twitter the other day say that uh they thought they said partners in time was the best mario and luigi and i was like get the fuck out <laughs> like i'm like that's a hot take that i want no part of no get that out of my face <laughs> yeah those are good times i might replay thousand year door again sometime in the future i just need to get i, cause I still have a wii so i can still play thousand year door yeah, I just went and uh, replayed it not that long ago, like earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I went and I replayed it, and it was a lot of fun. I also went and I was replaying uh, the original GameCube Animal Crossing. That's old school. Yeah, which I have a soft spot. Even though I have like the uh, the Wii one, like the city folk and yeah. stuff, I'm just like, man, I'm like, there's something about just the original one that I just have like so much nostalgia for, and I'm like super pumped for the Switch one. I know recently I also went back and replayed Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild is just amazing. Dude, I, I like it upsets me so much when I hear like I know people have like their opinions on it and stuff, and some people like I know Matt's one of those people where he's like, eh, well, it would have been better if they had like actual dungeons or whatever. But it's like I like the shrine, like it was like different, and I like the fact that there was like. And some of the puzzles and stuff, there wasn't one set way of yeah. going about it. You could, like, yeah. cheese some parts and get through yeah. it. There were like, some shrines that definitely cheesed in a few ways. Oh, yeah. There was some where it's, like, I don't feel like this is the intended way to do this, but, but this is the only way, this way anyway. I can figure it out how to do it. So this is what I'm going to do. There's really only three things that I would gripe about Breath of the Wild, and neither of them, like, broke the game for me. None of them was, like, deal breaker for me. One was that I do kind of wish the dungeons, because there's really only four, 
And I do kind of wish that they were expanded on a little bit more. I know that the shrines have like little puzzles, but it does feel nice to have one giant like shrine, like dungeon to go through. So I kind of mm -hmm. wish that part. Two, because I went back after I played the game a few times, I rewatched the original like reveal trailer. And the reveal trailer, they made like the story to seem like it was like this really cool thing. But when after I played the game, it's like, I appreciate the story, but it wasn't as like crazy cool as I thought it'd be. As like, grand as they like, like the trailer. The trailer made the story like seem like it's like oh it's gonna be so cool. We've got Zelda crying. It's like oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So it's like I was so pumped for it, and it's like the story was cool and all, but it wasn't as cool as I thought it'd be. And the other third thing that was my gripe was the rain. Oh, slipping on the walls. I, and stuff. God, like nothing is worse than when you're like halfway climbing up a mountain and it starts yeah, to rain. And it's and like, like, no, like no, no, well, no, no. I guess I'm either gonna run out of stamina or just something so i mean again that's like the smallest thing I'm, I'm only kind of like playfully complaining about that but there are times where it's like man why is it raining right now dude that's my like give and take on the rain is like when it's raining like climbing's like such a bitch and i hate it yeah. but at the same time one of my favorite things to do when it was like raining thunderstorm was to take a metal sword yeah. and throw it at like a group of moblins and just blow them all to shit but see that seems <laughs> like, me that's more that a like lightning the... thing like the lightning thing i could play around with and that's always fun but the rain by itself is yeah. like you're not doing anything for me right now i mean it's, it's cool they have rain beneficial. as like a weather thing but when it takes away my climbing it's like man puts out your fire it puts out my fire oh my god why i hate that don't put out my fire dude uh one of the one because like when i went i never when i played through breath of the wild i didn't collect all of the uh little deku seeds but i did do all the shrines and like the most annoying one to me was one where it was like you had it was like outside and it's like you had to be like stand you had to stand it's one of those where you had to stand on like the platform or whatever oh, yeah. to like open the door and it's like you had to stand on it like during a blood moon at this well, like, naked, specific yeah. time yeah yeah naked yeah it was that one and it was so fucking like because i was down to where i like only had like six of them left or whatever and i was like looking up i'm like okay where the fuck are these like what do i need to do and i saw that one i'm like dude are you shitting me and i was like standing around for like ever like trying to like accelerate time like sitting by the campfire to like try and get this blood i'm like how do i get a blood moon to fucking spawn apparently it becomes easier if you've already killed a chunk of enemies like if you haven't killed many they become harder to come by mm. so that one is annoying because you literally have to just sit there and wait and wait for a blood moon yeah, I still, that's one of those games too where like I still really, it's like I want to get the DLC for it and play. I haven't played the DLC. You played the for DLC? It. All the DLC is so cool. You need to play it. Yeah, it was one of those where like I invested like I don't remember how many hours into so like hours. for like 80 hours or like something into Breath of the Wild. So it was like when I, because that was like one of the first games I got with my Switch. So I was like, I knew if I got the DLC like right away after i beat it i was like i'm just gonna keep playing breath of the wild and there's like so many other good games that i want to play and i can't just keep playing breath of the wild nah to me it was like again because i told you i'm one of those people where it's like i buy one game and play the heck out of it i remember when i first played breath of the wild because the game has obviously the radar tells you where to go for like the main quest i was like screw that uh-uh uh-uh i'm going to find all the towers i'm i remember also those people where it's like because you, you do the shrines, you get the orbs to upgrade like your stamina and health, right? I never touched yeah. my health. I was all, just give me stamina. I want to run and glide everywhere. I want to climb everything. Yeah, so that, was the, that was the first thing I did was like, 
max out. I'm like, maxing out stamina is the most beneficial thing you could do in this game. Because health only helps you, like, if you need it. Like, if you're bad at fighting, get health. But me, I was good at... I learned how to do the flurry dodge or dash thing really quick, easily. That was fine. I learned how to... I learned how to reflect the guardian lasers really easily, so it's like, okay. Yeah, and you can get fair... You can have up to, like, seven fairies or something. So it's like, if you die, you get, like, hey, five more hearts or whatever, so... Well, yeah, it's just I love Breath of the Wild. I could keep playing it. I might replay it again soon, but I mean, we'll see what happens. If I think the next game I'll play is probably going to be Link's Awakening, the remake. So that'll probably be the next thing I play. But that's not coming out for like another like it's your later this month or next month, I think. Yeah, I, I want to say it's next I month. Think it's sep- I think it's September. Yeah, so next month I'll start playing because that. it because it's like that's September. Um, Luigi's Mansion's October, and then Pokemon's November. Yeah, okay, so. That'll be fun. I can't wait for that. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, are you, do you play Pokemon? I haven't played since, like, Gen 4, maybe 5. I can't remember. I stopped playing. I don't know, gonna... It's not that I think Pokemon's not cool or anything. I just, like, okay, I, you know, I've had my run. I think it's because once Soul Silver came out, I'm like... Nothing else has really topped a Pokemon experience like this for me. Like Silver is like to me, Gen Two is like my favorite. It'll always be my favorite. Yeah, I had, I had that too. Like I, because I played Pokemon all the way up until, uh, like I think, because like I played up until like Diamond and Pearl, I think was like the last one, which was the first uh, DS ones. Mm-hmm. And then that's when like black and like when black and white was coming out, I like looked at it and I was like, dude, I have like no interest in this. Yeah. And I just... then I was like, maybe the next one. And then black and like, white too. Black and, yeah, black and white too. And I was like, God fucking damn it! Like I don't want these fucking Pokemon. Like, and then so I didn't play anymore again until X and Y came out on the 3DS. And then I really liked that. Like I thought X and Y was really good. And then Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah was decent like and then like i thought sun and moon was pretty good like i it did interesting stuff i like the fact that they kind of changed up the formula like a lot of but i've also heard you know the usual complaints i've gone over with sword and shield like all the animations and the pokemon and the national decks and all that stuff i'm like none of that really bothers me that much it's more just a matter of like like if I hear good reviews about the gameplay as a whole, I may pick it up. But, like, my initial reaction is, like, it's, it's been the same as, like, the last two or three generations. Like, okay, it's Pokemon. It's cool. But I'm playing other things right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's kind of my thing is I've seen, like, on Twitter and stuff a lot of complaints about the national decks. But my thing is, like, why, like, why do you need them all? Like, we're approaching, what, a thousand at this point? We don't need them all. Well, that's my thing is, like, I'm like, dude, most of them to be honest just fucking suck i'm like i get for your like collector's thing i'm like every time i've ever played pokemon like there's maybe like 20 tops like actual pokemon that that i like psych yeah that i like cycle between in my actual party to play the game so i'm like i don't need like 900 pokemon because i'm only gonna probably use like 20 maybe 30 tops like if even 
And to me, I was even worse because back when I would play Silver or Soul Silver back in the day, literally just like, okay, I'm gonna pick Cyndaquil, and this dude is just gonna run train through the entire game. Oh, and dude, you're you're that asshole. Yeah, that I was that asshole. With, like your starter and just uses their starter through the entire thing and then gets to like the end like, of the game. I don't with, like, care a that I'm using like, it's, it's like, something. It's like I'm picking Typhlosion. I get it. I'm in Cerulean City now. I know she's a water leader, but my Typhlosion knows Thunder Punch. I got this. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to brute force my way through this exactly. fucking game, whether you like it or not. Basically. Dude, so it's... Uh, one of my favorite things was um, I uh, when I played, I was playing, I think it was for X and Y. They had, uh, there was the uh, exploit or whatever for like the Pokegen or whatever, yeah. where you could like generate a Pokemon and then load it onto like the SD card and then you open a certain website on the 3DS web browser and it executes the code and like would drop the pokemon and like in the pokebank and stuff and uh i uh i made like some pokemon and stuff that i couldn't get like a shiny like genesect and like some shiny legendaries and shit but i also made some like fun pokemon and they were like so trolly and like because they went through the bank like even though they knew moves that they couldn't know it's like it still counted them as like legit since like the bank had like the firewall of like blocking fake yeah. Pokemon. So since it was being directly uploaded to the bank, it considered it legit. And I had this uh, shiny Machamp that one of Machamp's like abilities was that it its moves can never miss, but it can also like it'll always get hit by every attack. Like it can yeah. never like be missed. Yeah. And it's four attacks I gave it were like. Uh, Fissure, Ice, whatever, all the moves that basically instant KO, yeah. and they can never miss. So it was like, and I just jacked up like his agility and speed and like buffed all his like stats and stuff. So it was like he would always go turn one and always insta kill. <laughs> I mean, you don't even need buff stats. Literally, you just need uh, like up accuracy, up speed, those four moves, and that's it. You don't need defense because nothing's ever hitting you. Well, yeah, exactly. But it was so funny. And then, uh, the I think it was the it's like the pre-evolution of Chansey or whatever Blissey. No, Blissey's the evolved form. It. Oh, I can't remember what the baby. Maybe, I, I know it's, I know it's in the Chansey family, yeah. but it like has like the most health out of like any Pokemon. So like I made like one of her and then gave her transform, so okay. it can transform into like your Pokemon, but it's like a healthier, better version <laughs> of your Pokemon. Pokemon's a nut game. I remember the only the most glitchy thing I've ever did was back in Pokemon Silver days, where there was the exploit where you could like clone your Pokemon along with any items they were holding. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would always clone like a bunch of legendaries, a bunch of Master Balls, a bunch of like gold nuggets and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I'm rich and I've got like twenty Lugias and twenty Ho-Ohs and all that good stuff. Uh, one of my favorite things that I did was I uh before like before like when I can't remember. I think it was before X was coming out and stuff. I was like getting ready for it. And like, I have like one of the old school uh, Nintendo DSs, the mm-hmm. gray one. And it has like a uh, R4 card. That's old. It stuffs. So, yeah. So I had, uh, I had like, like Heart Gold and Soul Silver and like uh, Diamond, Pearl and like all that shit. Like, yeah. I had the NDS ROMs loaded on it. And it had like cheat codes that you could just like preload into the game. Yeah. And so I did like um, where you could like walk through solid walls and shit. <laughs> and so I like cheated the game and would like, 
I'm like, I don't need to teach anybody any HMs or anything and would just like walk through areas where you needed cut or strength or whatever. And like to get to like the like event places and stuff like the islands and stuff like that, I could just walk across the water and like I would uh, pull up a map of like the game so I could see where I was going because I would literally go off screen into the darkness where there was no sprites, no anything and just walk through darkness on the map until I eventually like walked my way to like the event islands and stuff to catch the legendaries that you couldn't get. I never got into Pokemon like stuff like that, but you know, anytime I like, I know I've watched some speed runs of Pokemon and some of the things they do. It's like, man, you guys are nuts. Oh yeah, dude. Some of the ones where it's like, they only have like a percent chance of this happening and they keep having to redo it over and over and over again. Dude, one of my favorite glitches that was in, well, it wasn't a glitch, it was like a hack or whatever, but on the Pokemon ROM was uh, you could make it so that you could catch other people's Pokemon, which was the funniest fucking thing ever. Like, I went to, like, the Elite Four and, like, caught, like, Lance's Dragonite and shit, and it's, like, once, if you, like, once you catch someone's Pokemon, it's all, they basically just act like they fainted. But one of the funniest things is, like, if you go through and catch, like, their entire party of Pokemon, it, like, doesn't register that, like, like it's not like they, like, do, like, the, oh, you beat me, whatever dialogue, because yeah. it doesn't trigger that, but it's, like, they don't know how to react because they don't know where their Pokemon went, and it's, like, it didn't faint, but it doesn't exist. So it's, like, the ch- after you catch them all, the trainer kind of slides onto the screen like there would be dialogue but nothing happens and it just sits there for like five seconds in silence and then like whites out and then it's like you beat and then it acts like you beat them in a battle well that's <laughs> so the easy funny. way of doing it so it's like they're like stunned in silence that you just caught all their pokemon and then they're like all right well i guess that's it i guess that's it i guess i'm not a pokemon trainer anymore yeah they're like well i guess you're uh the head of the elite four kid good job When's Negative Space coming out? I want to just, I just want to keep playing it. Dude, I, I'm fucking trying. I'm almost done um, speaking of Negative Space. I, I've been working on it, you know, this past week and stuff. I'm about halfway through the levels for uh, Chapter 5. So I'm going to have uh, some new levels for you to play. I'm going to grind the hell out of those levels. Oh, yeah. I was uh, showing them to PJ uh, today when we were working together at the library. And he uh, was shaking his head in a not disapproval but in like are you fucking serious on some of the levels so i know they're gonna make you they make you happy because uh, it's moving platforms but my goal my goal for like anytime there's a mechanic is to like you at least in like a couple levels use it in like the an unintended way and some of the levels i've done so far i've like tried to use moving platforms in like a way where it's kind of like not your arbitrary way of using a moving platform. So I know the pushing blocks um, chapter was interesting because there was somewhere you had to keep jumping off the block while pushing at the same time. I thought that was like, man, this is fun, <laughs> yeah, but this is hard. So I make one mistake. I'm done. That's one of my favorite ones is that, uh, that secret level in the pushing block one where there's the yeah. three of them on top. I hated that. You get to the point where it's like, if you fuck up to where you can't push that middle block in, it's like you're done. <laughs> where like you push the bottom one too far in and you can't hit that middle one yeah. anymore. It's like, yeah, you. that's oh. why I had to, when I originally built that level, I had to, uh, there wasn't spikes in the middle of the room. And I had to add those spikes in the middle of the room because I was like, if you get to this point, 
you can't beat the level so i like had yeah. to put some way of just killing yourself so that you could like restart the level quickly instead of having to like go out of it and go back into it and that level was bs when i first played it <laughs> <laughs> but i'm worried my goal was to have all the levels designed um or at least most of them designed before indicated in october but it's like august 11th now and i'm like on chapter five so even after i finish chapter five there's still four more chapters so yeah. i'm like i don't think that's gonna happen but i i definitely by the time uh october does roll around though i should be about done level wise like i should maybe only have like a chapter or two left because i don't think i'm gonna be able to bang them all out yeah but i've been working on it this week and i've been finishing like a level like about every two days so it's been going good that's pretty good that's good pace yeah so and i've been like tweet the main reason it took so long is because fucking i got moving platforms working but i was having issues where the platform was moving and worked fine but then like the player jumps on the platform and then it's like the platform would just move without you yeah. and then you just fall and i'm like well shit yes, so then i had to fucking figure out how to get you to move with the platform while standing on the platform and then once i got that working for horizontal i'm like okay now i need to fucking get this working for vertical and then do all that shit so that took me like a solid like couple weeks of just trying to get that to all work the way i wanted it to work i'm looking i'm just looking forward to it you know i love the levels i'm I'm just I'm, at this point. I'm just skipping all like the first chapter because you see me play those a bajillion times. You already know what I think about those. Exactly. And I actually I think like, I think I actually really, they're like, good now. Well, yeah, I think like I mean they've all been changed or tweaked like mm -hmm. multiple times here, and so it's like it's like I think they're about as good as they're gonna get yeah. <laughs> at this point. But yep, yeah, I should have new build for you. I'd say definitely by like into this month I should be done with okay. this chapter because I'm just I'm sk I'm skipping level select screens I'm skipping I'm like I just want to get the fucking levels just done. Levels done. You like, can do stuff so later. you can play yeah I'm like all that shit can just come later I just want to be done level wise and then I can fuck with menu shit and do whatever because PJ was all talking about like today about like sound effects conflicting with like the music and stuff and like he's like yeah well I need to. I'm like okay well we're gonna worry about that shit like Wait. when yeah, that's like end of the game stuff. I'm like because I'm like sound effects could change. Like you can fucking tweak with the music or whatever. But I was like, once the levels are done, I'm like you can play through it and figure out what sound effects and what levels conflict and can fucking fix it later on when the design of everything's done. Right. But yeah, that's one of my uh, goals going into a uh, indicate is. Uh, I like submitted for like the game tasting and stuff, which is kind of like uh, where you have like a, I want to say it's like an hour, maybe hour and a half or something where you can like set your stuff up and like people go around and there's like food and drinks and stuff and they like play your game cool. and stuff. So I said, yeah, so I have it submitted for that. Um, but then one of the other things too, is they can set you up meetings with uh, publishers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I know the one year I went, like we talked with Nintendo and we talked with, uh, we didn't talk with Microsoft, but we talked with Sony. And this year I was like, I just want to meet with Nintendo. And they were like, 
why do you want to meet with Nintendo? I was like, because I want a fucking dev kit. Like, because <laughs> I submitted, I submitted for the Switch, and they denied it um, a while back. They never said why. I was like, I don't know why. I was like, especially because I like am a registered developer through Nintendo for the Wii U and for the 3DS, but the Switch was like a separate thing from that that you yeah. had to like submit for. And I'm like, I think it would be really good on the Switch. And I'm like, yeah, it would. I think if they just sit down and play it and they're like, oh yeah, we like this. I'm like, cool, give me, I'll pay you the $500. You give me a dev kit and I'll mm. fucking make the game for Switch. Just do it. It's not even that big of a deal. It, it totally, it's totally a Switch game too. Exactly. I'm like, I think it would do really, I was like, Celeste did really good on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, as far as I know, like Super Meat Boy did like well on the Switch. I'm like, I think the Switch is good for Rage platformers. I'm like, so give me my spot. <laughs> I think the only issue is that I kind of wish that when Super Meat Boy was ported, they kept the original music. But, I mean, what are you going to do? That's my, I mean, that's my only, when I went back and played it on PS4, that was my main complaint. And yeah. it made me kind of just want to boot up my 360 Same and here. play it's it like on that. I want to go back to the original because like, I'm like, why am I not getting like the original good music? That music was amazing. Yeah. I like, was the like, hell music the music's was like, not bad. Great. Yeah, it's like the music's not bad on like the new versions and stuff, but it's like one of those where if you played the original yeah. and you play this, it's like you can tell something's off <laughs> compared to what you remember in your brain from playing the old one. I miss like the in because in chapter four, which was like I think chapter four was hell. And the yeah. the music in that level is like amazing. I miss that music. Yeah, dude, I was like fucking cotton cotton alley for me is still fucking miserable <laughs> oh i love cotton alley what are you talking about cotton alley is great <laughs> i love cotton alley so it's hard. the best oh man well we're we about ready to wrap this up uh yeah getting there i'm getting hungry actually i know i was like my my chicken tenders are still uh on <laughs> the ground waiting to be eaten so all right well do you uh where can uh, our listeners uh, find find you? What's your Twitch, Twitter? What's your deal? Well, my every th- I use the same thing for everywhere. It's Psychilic One Hundred One, just S Y K I L I K One Zero One. That's my Twitter. That's my Twitch. I'm pretty sure it's my Facebook too. Um, pretty much anywhere that if you just search Psychilic One Hundred One, you're just gonna find you're just gonna find me. Like I have that. That's like I use that same name for like pretty much every site that I use. So. Do you have like specific times and stuff that you stream? Um, for Twitch, I'm usually streaming fighting games. Although I think I usually I usually stream Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and usually like the evening. So I usually start around like six or seven Arizona time, and I'll end around like eleven, depending on the day. And I'm usually streaming fighting games. That's usually Tuesday and Thursday, and then Wednesday I'll save for like non-fighting game stuff. Like I'll probably be streaming. Actually, when um. Which one call it? When Link's Awakening comes out, I might dedicate all my streaming time to that. But generally, I stream fighting games, some non-fighting game stuff, time time. Um, my schedule is Tuesday through Thursday. Sometimes I do Saturday or Sunday streams, depending on something else is going on. Like if I'm hosting a tournament or something like that. Those are probably the most common days where you can find me streaming. But I was like, now that Ninja moved to Mixer, are you going to move to Mixer? <laughs> no, I'm not moving to Mixer. I am sticking with Twitch. I, it took me like a bajillion years to build up what I do have right now. 
because I've been streaming for like three months and I've already worked to build what I have on it. So I'm, I'm not mixing a mixer. I'll, I like Twitch. Twitch has been pretty cool to me so far. I wish they would um, approve my emotes faster, but I mean, I'm just affiliate right now. I'm not a partner. If I was a partner, they would do it like that. But so the one I get partner, I'm going to have a bajillion of the sickest emotes. I'm going to have cool stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I'm sticking the, the with Twitch. I'm sticking for Twitch for a while. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. So I'm sticking with Twitch. I'm sticking with Twitch for a while. <laughs> Tweets. Tweets. But yeah, that's pretty All much right, where you can man. find me. Well, that's cool. And uh, for the for the demo for like we were talking about the demo for Negative Space earlier. Uh, I mean, Surge is a play tester, but I do have a demo on our Discord, which you can find on InsideOutGames.com and stuff. If you want to play a certain build of Negative Space and I also have for the podcast we have a Twitter at N2P Podcast and same with the YouTube channel and we're also on Podbean and Anchor and Spotify and stuff under the Nothing to Play podcast. So uh I also submitted for Apple uh but they they denied me at first because I think in my uh bio thing whatever I put a shitty podcast and I think they flagged that for as a swear word or whatever so I changed the slogan thing from shitty to mediocre <laughs> so uh, it's been almost a week though so I'm like I'm like we well, just fucking approve like I'm like everywhere else accepted it as shitty Google Play Music accepted it as shitty Spotify like, nowhere else had an issue with it so I was like fucking privileged Apple would fucking <laughs> have a hissy over that so but um, it was great having you on, though, and I definitely want to have you on as a guest again later. Yeah, I'll be back after Negative Space is out so I can talk to you and complain like, oh, this level was this, this level was that. Why did you do this? Why did you chase them? And then, and then maybe by then I'll have won a tournament and I can brag about that. Actually, I did win my local, so that's cool, but I haven't won like an actual official tournament, so working on that. I was like, well, I mean, I'd like to have you on before Negative Space is out because God knows if this podcast will be around before oh, yeah, Negative true. Space comes out in 2020. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm cool with that either way. And I get to say I was your first host, so I'm going to brag about that to everyone I know. That is true. First play te- official play tester, first uh, guest on the N2P podcast. A lot of firsts. You, mm-hmm. you, you've popped a lot of cherries, you know, on a lot of stuff that I've been involved in, so... That's what I do. <laughs> Pop and cherries. Mr. Penis himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna call it a wrap. But uh, next week, uh, I actually have a another guest lined up for uh, next week's N2P podcast. So you guys will get to. Uh, I'm not gonna say who it is, but it'll be a surprise. I'm gonna harass him on the podcast too, like I did with Serge. Yeah. To me, it wasn't uh, harassment. It was just, you know, questions and band talk and negative space talk. And I just want to, you know what? I'm, you know what? If you haven't played um, negative spaces demo, I'm sure you have it somewhere, right? Somewhere online. Yeah, I have it on itch.io and on GameJolt. And I have a link to it on, like I said, if you go to insideoutgames.com or whatever, I have a link to our Discord. There's also a link on the Twitter for inside out games and stuff to the discord where there's a link to the google drive with the demo on it let's go play it it's a fun game 
I appreciate it, Serge, and I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you and your game, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that's a wrap, motherfuckers.